2: hi i'm imri and welcome back to the Be podcast the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less thank you for joining me again this week for the women in film finale week so this is the final installment and i have so much respect and admiration for this woman but before i get into that I want to say a huge thank you for listening and checking out last week's episode with april rain if you haven't caught up then you definitely need to listen to it and we touch on going viral and turning your hashtags into actual movements so it is definitely a must listen she shares so many incredible insights This week, I'm joined by BAFTA award-winning director, Emma Sante. Emma started out as an actress and has appeared in Grange Hill, Desmond and Birds of a Feather. In 2004, Emma's directional debut, A Way of Life, premiered in the Toronto Film Festival and Emma won 17 international awards for the film. At the 2005 BAFTA Film Awards, Emma received the BAFTA Carl Foreman Award for Special Achievement by a writer director Amma's films include Belle, A United Kingdom and Where Hands Touch with Amanda Stenberg. In today's episode, Emma and I talk about the one syndrome, the idea that there can only be one minority at the top and in order for you to achieve, you have to take out the competition. We talk about the importance of collaboration and why we need to let diverse creatives create the narratives and the stories that they want. Emma is very transparent about mentorship and providing opportunities to other young women looking to get a start in feature films. It's such a refreshing episode, so make sure you listen to the whole thing. Enjoy! talk about the competitive field that you're in because competition is big in any creative industry but I don't think it could be any bigger than in film and television and that the general entertainment industry where everyone is trying to be the next big thing Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've personally experienced that pressure but I know as a black woman there's so the mainstream has a tendency to make make it seem like there can only be one of us. And oh, yeah. I, I want to know if you've experienced that at all um, mm. and how mm. if you have, how did you handle that and, and how do you overcome mm. like the crabs in a bucket mentality mm. that can mm. and sometimes does always exist?
3: Mm. I call it the one syndrome. Yes. <laughs> um, and the one syndrome, I talk about it often when I do lectures, um, the one syndrome is it just that, the, the, um, the one of you that's brought to the table to be the exception that proves the rule,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, quite often the one of you that's allowed at the table and everybody else assumes you're only there to tick a box when actually you come from a pool that is eminently, uh, qualified to be there, but they've just let one of you in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's all that's happened. Um, And, uh, and then there's the unsaid, there are the unsaid rules that say you're here to represent, but watch what you say Yeah, because there's a line outside that door to replace you. You know, if you don't do it right or you talk too much or you represent too much, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole line of other ones just like you. And we can bring any one of those in to replace you. And so that is there to instill fear in the one Mm -hmm. so that they never fully represent properly. (laughs) You know, they never fully represent to the extent that they might be able to or can. And that's the hope. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm saying that's the hope, I think, often of creating those rules. And um, how have I... um, How have I dealt with it? Well, first and foremost, I think the first way to deal with it um, is interesting when I speak because I feel like I'm still at the beginning of my career. I've only made four films. Yes, I've made TV as well, but I've only made four films. And if you compare that to the career of any man, for instance, at my stage in life, it's not many. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like I'm still at the beginning. Yeah, I found it incumbent upon me to say, anytime I make a film, I'm going to bring somebody who's... um, not necessarily younger than me, but definitely at an, a more emerging stage of their career to come on board and uh, be beside me and shadow me in what I do. That's really And good. the reason why I've done that is, and I know very well um, that there's no... Um, What's the word? There are there are no rules in this industry that say just because somebody started their filmmaking career um, behind you, that they're always going to be behind you. This is an industry that can also allow people to sometimes seemingly be overnight stars. So I'm often very aware that that person who I'm allowing to come and shadow me may have a hit tomorrow.
2: Yeah. And
3: then I'll be asking to come and shadow them. <laughs> and so it's very important to me to encourage um, women to to feel safe in the idea, especially black women, that there can be many of us, and to encourage women in, and especially black women, because there are so few of us allowed in the industry to know that we don't need to be afraid of each other, that, there's, that there will be room for all of us
0: mm-hmm. because
3: we're going to carve that space. We're yeah. going to carve that room to ensure that there is space for all of us. So rather than, um, and I think stage School taught me this as well, because of that experience with Michelle Gel as a really good example of somebody who came in and said, I didn't get this job, but I'm going to make sure my sister gets it. Yeah. Or, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure my sister gets it. Because we learned from a very young age to be competitive but to, to be collaborative at the same time, I've tried to continue that in the work that I do and ensure that other women that I work with and that I can, um, that I can encourage behind me, and maybe later on in front of me, um, to understand that this idea that there can only be one of us, yeah, is a myth. It's, it's a myth designed to keep us. Um, at base level it's a myth designed so that the powers that be don't have to do the work they just have to spread the lie yeah (laughs) and if it's spread well enough we'll do it to ourselves we'll do it to each other yeah and what I want to do is is trash that lie and say it's not it's not true and one of you know and a really interesting um fact I had a wonderful young woman came to um, be my assistant on my first film and she was she was brilliant and talented and efficient and everything about her was wonderful and when we finished the film and we were doing the credits we decided to credit her as an associate producer on the film and the reason why we did that was because a I knew it would give her a leg up Um, in the future but B because the work that she did was that of an associate producer she was not an assistant she worked so well and so hard that she was an associate producer and I remember saying to her you know she was quite a bit younger than me and I remember saying to her I I know one day I'll be coming to you for money one (laughs) day I'll, I'll be coming to you to get my film greenlit and without going too much into her trajectory, she is somebody that I could be easily going to today because of the the status that she holds within the industry. you know she's somebody I could easily be going to for finance today she 's somebody I could easily be going to um, today to help my work come to fruition and there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong with remembering that actually The opposite of the one syndrome is the old boy, old boys club. Because the old boys club says there can be many of us and we just give each other a leg up. We just help each other. Yeah. We just assist each other to get where each of us needs to get. But the one syndrome says, no, 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 no. I climb up the ladder. And then I, um, you know, whip up that ladder really quickly before somebody else who's like me is able to climb up it. And I believe them when they tell me that's the best way for me to do things so that I can, I can, um, uh advance in my career yeah you can advance in your career while reaching out a hand to help the sister next to you and you can still advance in your career make spa- help to make space for them and know that in doing so actually karmically all you're doing is creating an environment a context in a situation where eventually they probably will be carving out a space for you too <laughs>
2: yeah that's so beautifully put and everything you said was just perfect because that is the absolute truth like every single time I've given I've given my time or dedicated some finance to support someone else it's always benefited me to do so they think of me for opportunities and I think of them for opportunities. and it is very much about the collaboration because when you start creating those opportunities more people see these people and then they can say oh do you have recommendations I always give recommendations I'm always like I'm not the best person to speak here um
3: but but you know I think it's really it's it's really important to be okay with feeling the fear of being the only one or this is my opportunity mm-hmm. and um you know I've got to hold on to it really tight and uh, you know somebody else if I don't do this really well or if I don't do this properly or if I don't deliver if the next thing I deliver isn't really good someone's going to take my place yeah. it's really okay to feel that fear because the industry has carved has cre- has crafted itself to make you feel like that yeah but feel it and then challenge it
2: yeah feel
3: it and then say challenge it okay I feel like that there's a good reason why I feel like that right my external circumstances are ones that have been created to make me feel like that but it's how I respond to it that matters
2: absolutely I know I've definitely felt like that (laughs) so uh and I, I I like to simmer in it and then just say no I have to just continue to push on, do what I got to do. And then you find that there actually are situations that present themselves that are just not appropriate for me and it has I'm, to be someone else involved. Like I have to ask someone else to do it. So. I mean,
3: what we what we can do today that we couldn't do when I was growing up in the seventies, um, you know, late seventies and eighties, what we can do today is we can create, and we, and we especially need to do it in the UK. I can see it happening in, in the US slowly, mm. um, but 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 we're a little bit further behind in the UK. Is that what we have to what we have to do when we 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 fill that fear is understand we need to be able to create situations where when we when we walk into um, an office at the BBC, we're pitching to a black woman. Mm. How wonderful would that be? We have to be in a situation where, you know, when I want to make um, my next film, I can go to a black woman producer who has uh, a body of work behind her of four or five movies. Yeah. This one's easy for her. She can do it standing on her head so that, that my only options don't look like they're only white men. Yeah. Or, if I'm allowed to say even, white women.
2: Yeah.
3: Right? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying it. wouldn't it be nice if I also... Included in that lineup also had a choice of some black women to be able to go to as well. So we have to create a, a a space where we're we are giving other women who are a leg up, and those women are also giving us a leg up. So that eventually we're creating a situation where we're spread across the industry in various um, guises. And yes, we need the industry to be t- willing for that to happen. And there's all sorts of talk and you know but in terms of we don't want to feel powerless we want to be able to feel like we're doing something too and so when we're when we're feeling like we're the only one and 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 this is this is an opportunity that we have to hold on to understand that when we're the only one actually our situation is more precarious yeah then when we have a platform of wonderful other people who identify with us as well as well as everybody else who are holding us up, or who we're reaching up to, or to the side yeah. to hold on to, because they get it and understand it also. I mean that's that that's what this means for us is that we we are not alone in the industry; that we're supported in the industry with people who get us and understand us and who um, see the world in in similar ways. And I put an S on that again um, to the way that we might.
2: Yeah. That is so right. I love that you mentioned the, the kind of isolation of being the only one. Um, because I think we it's kind of like when you like when you're talking about being back at school and being the only one there and how detrimental and how kind of hard it was to deal with being the only person. And then it gets so much better when you moved into an environment where there are more people like you that can understand what you're going through. Like it's I think people forget when they're advancing that being the only one is very troubling and no one if, if you go and you haven't let anyone else in then other people won't necessarily be able to relate nor be that sympathetic when you're right by yourself. and
3: I and, and, and I think the interesting thing is if you find yourself in a situation where you've got to a good space a good place yet you are the only one then that's a good time to ask what are you going to do about it mm-hmm. that is
2: a you good know? question
3: what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna How are you gonna make a difference? Who are you Who are you gonna bring to shadow you?
2: That's who true. are you
3: Who are you gonna allow to come an intern with you? Um, who do you know that's way beyond shadowing capabilities? Who's way beyond intern capabilities? Who's damn talented that you know that you You can recommend not because you want to do yourself out of a job, but because maybe they do something different to you, mm-hmm. but something that complements what you do. Something that you know maybe has nothing to do with what you do, but may be able to assist the other person that you're sitting at the table next to. You know, if you get to a position where you're the only one at the table, the next question to ask is, What can I do about it and when? Because I do also acknowledge that you know sometimes you get.
1: The number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: straight through the door you can't necessarily go yes you now I've got a great sister who's really brilliant at, you know and you should you should you know sometimes you've got to wait till you've earned the right yeah to be able to make recommendations and um instigate changes and um encourage um other people to to, to meet the talent that the other talent that you know but you've got it. You can't stop yourself from asking the question. You've got to keep asking that question. What am I doing about it?
2: Yeah. Just a quick follow up to that. What, mm. what does the right time look like to bring someone in?
3: That's a really, really good question. And it's a question that I've been um, asking myself for a long, long time. And The way that I'll answer it is by telling you this. So when I first started making movies, it was important for me to always be the least experienced person on my set. I didn't want to have anybody on my set that had had done less work than me or even equal work to me. They had to have done more. And that's because certainly with my first film, I didn't want to make such a cock up of it. I didn't want it to be an experimental piece of work. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be a piece of work that looked like an amateur piece of work. I wanted it to be a piece of work that could um, compete on a, a, a playing field that I knew was not going to be level. Yeah. And so I knew that I couldn't give myself any more. um Uh, there couldn't be anything else that was holding me back more than the external obstacles um that already existed out there um for me so so for me to bring bring inexperienced people on board was not something that I wanted to do so for my first film I did that for my second film I did that for my third film I did that by the time I made my fourth film which hasn't come out yet where hands touch
1: yeah
3: I um Stood back and I was going back to back from making A United Kingdom, about to make um, Where Hands Touch um, immediately with no break. I was absolutely exhausted. I um, was about to open um, the London Film Festival with A United Kingdom. And um, as I was getting ready for pre-production on Where Hands Touch, whilst also promoting A United Kingdom, it dawned on me. Isn't it time now, Emma? Isn't Isn't it time now? That you realize that you simply do not have to be the most experienced person on the set. Isn't it time now that you might be able to give an opportunity, a full on working opportunity to somebody who is really great, really talented, but maybe hasn't had the opportunity to do their first film yet? Mm. And um, in that, I thought, well, where is the space? Where can I find the space for that? Because um, already I'm I'm telling a story that has never been told before. I'm already going to be questioned and pulled up quite substantially on the fact that I'm telling a story about a time in history where nobody even thought about black people's existence. Yeah, I have to make sure everything is, as we say, on point. And, you know, at what, at what, where can I find the space for somebody who just doesn't have any experience whatsoever, but might be um, really talented? And when I say any experience, I'm talking about in feature film making. Yeah. And where, where I thought about it was um, in music. I love music. I can't write without music. I have music on all the time. It essentially gives me the the pictures and unfolds a story in my head, which I'm then able to um, propel onto first through the keyboard and then eventually onto the screen. And so whenever I've made a film, Um, Who the composer is is really important to me. And I thought, that's it. That's where I'm going to do it. And so um, I used a young woman, a young woman composer who obviously has composed for other things before. And she's written operas and she's composed for TV. But Where Hands Touch is her first feature film. And she's done an incredible job. And so it's not... When you ask that question, when is a good time? I think you will know.
2: Yeah.
3: I think that in I was in a space where I didn't think that I was jeopardizing anything. Okay. Um, that I had worked hard to achieve, and I mean genuinely jeopardizing. And what I mean by that is not allow the fear that the outside world puts on you. That fear that we just talked about of being the one mm-hmm. and watch out because someone's going to take your space. I, I, I mean an authentic um an authentic sense of well you know if i do this and it goes wrong it goes very very badly and i can't sell the film or you know the financiers see the work that i've done and they don't think it's good enough but there isn't enough money to replace the person that we've that we've brought on board so i'm talking about truly jeopardizing putting into jeopardy the work that you are um being charged with delivering yeah yeah when, when you know that you are genuinely safe and you're not allowing outside forces to lie to you, then I think you, you, you should be open to um, offering opportunities to, to, to others.
2: Okay, that sounds like a really good marker for when someone should come on board. Like you will know intrinsically when you have the time and the capacity to do it and also what feels right. And I think...
3: Yeah, because I think as well as what I've, you know, because... At the same time, self-care is really important. Of course. Um, You know, you can't end up doing so much um, and um, pushing yourself um, to do for others when you haven't, um, while you're still attempting to fulfill for yourself. Um, And it's a bit like, you know, when you're on an airplane and they tell you, you know, if. God forbid something's going to happen, and you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the child yeah. um, next to you. I, I think you, you, you know, in many ways, you've you've got to be in a in a in a steady place where you can reach out a hand and help somebody, and so you've got to be steady yourself. But I think the key is defining between when you really are. In a, in a place where you know you, you are able to do it versus when um, you're being scared by outside forces that are telling you that you're not able to do it, but actually you are.
2: Yeah, that is such a tough place to get to mentally. I can imagine. Do you have like a process where you're like, okay, I'm about to start this film or I'm going to start writing. And I know that you just said you listen to music, but how do you get to the headspace? Like who... You're going to bring someone on. How do you then go about choosing that person? Where do you find them? How do you yeah. know it's right? Like, what is your process How, of finding what's right? Yeah,
3: I get that. Well, first and foremost, I think what I want to say is, um, you know, that process of reaching out to others is is a many layered thing as mm-hmm. well. So from, for me, um, I have to make sure because my my instinct is to just want to give, 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 right? Just like give, give, give until I've got nothing left to give and then there's no ammo left. And, um, you know, what what has been the point of all of it? I've, I've maybe benefited 10 people when if I had balanced it in some way I could have kept going taken good care of myself and benefited many many more people in the process by Mm. just balancing it correctly so you know through my social media and I'm having a social media break now and this is one of the reasons why I'm having a social media break but through my social media I get hundreds of requests a month Um, for uh, people from people who want something who want to be a part of the industry in some way and have found a way to contact me and are probably writing to many many other people as well and feel that you know I I might be one of the people that might 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 be a way to help them get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can't help every single person. I, I simply cannot do it. So what I decided to do quite early on was work out how best can I help mm-hmm. um, when it's time to, when I know it's time to, and how best can I do it in a way where I can still achieve the goals that I want to achieve, um but uh, and I'm helping as many people as possible or I'm helping in the most effective way that mm. I can. And so there are two ways that I do that. One is I try and do podcasts like this. Yay! And and answer these kind of questions because I think that you can reach many more people um than I can even just on my little social media feeds and hopefully I hope that by hearing some of the struggles that I've been through or hearing a little bit of my journey, that's going to be useful for other people. And the second thing I realize is that I can't help every single person that writes to me that says, I want to be an actor or I want to be a cinematographer or I want to be a film director. And that's why I decided to set up my little personal scheme of saying I will have no, no less than one female um, mm. who wants to be a director on set with me. Um, for each film I make. Now on Warehands Touch, I had four. um, And they came from um, two from Los Angeles, uh, one from Uganda, and one from uh, the UK, we were filming in Belgium. Um, And I was only supposed to have two. But in that instance, I looked at my schedule, I looked at what I had to do. And I took great care in making sure that by having four, by doubling the numbers, I wasn't going to be doing anything that would jeopardize the work I was doing and what I had to deliver, Mm -hmm. um, both to audiences and financiers. So I, so, so I'm constantly balancing what can I give versus what are my goals? And when I can't give on a one-to-one basis which is something I can very rarely do how can I give in a way that is still going to reach a number of people hopefully still have enough of an impact that it might spur somebody on it might allow them to um have a moment in uh, in the middle of a turning point or in the middle of a, a a crisis point where they might be trying to make a decision between going down one avenue or one path or, or another and, and hopefully maybe something tiny, something small that I say in my own journey or my own experience might resonate with them. Um, in sitting down, for instance, and going through all of the um, applications I had for the um, shadowing on where hands touch I, I stopped the application process at 200 applications because I knew that I physically would not be able to look through more than 200 applications just based on the workload that I had yeah um, and I and I bought um, two more people that I trusted very very much to come on board to help me go through the application forms as well and so I genuinely did not beat myself up for the fact that well, I suppose technically I could have gone through 400 instead of 200, um, and that would have allowed another 200 women to apply. But if I had done that, it would have affected the work that I also had to deliver to my financiers at the time. Yeah. Then I'm not a di- I'm not a director that those women want to shadow anymore. If I'm if I'm harming my work <laughs> in order to. Um, support somebody else's work, I'm not really going to be somebody that you necessarily want to shadow anymore because I'm not doing work of the quality that makes you want to shadow me. Yeah. So I'm constantly measuring my goal versus how I can keep up the quality of what I'm going to deliver, how I can keep up the um, the quality of my health, you know, the quality of my um, self-care and still be able to um, deliver to the outside world as well how, how do I balance all of those things and it's just constantly constantly measuring. I'm in the middle now I'm, I've been having a break since Christmas and originally I didn't intend to do it but I realized that having done two films back to back it was just really important for me to take time out at home and just chill and so I've come off social media because it means I'm not reading requests anymore I'm not um, I don't have the pressure of those demands but when I come back, I'll be ready. Yeah. And I'll be ready to um not only will I be ready physically but I'll be ready mentally to come back with a clear mind to say how best um can I um judge what I can help
2: with and what I can't. Oh my gosh, this was such a word for me. <laughs> I I needed to hear that today. So thank you so much. Um and I hope other people Take really value what you've just said because the pressure to do it all, to be it all, is insane. And I think actually, I've gotten to a point where a lot of my work is suffering because I'm trying to do so much, largely for other people, and I've kind of neglected myself in the process. And yeah,
3: you've got to put the oxygen mask on. You've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself, and you've got to take time, and you've got to remember that what you do is why people come to you Absolutely. and if you don't do it anymore if you don't do that anymore a you're not fulfilling yourself but how are you being the inspiration to them the best thing you can do is do what you love well and inspire them
2: yeah oh that was a word Emma thank you so much Let's get collaborating and creating more beautiful work. To find out more about Amma, you can follow her on Twitter at amaasante. That's A M A A S A N T E. And you can find out more about her and her work by visiting her website, com. Prisca will be back in a week to discuss the comparison trap. So if you have any questions about your business, the marketing or social media or anything that you're just kind of doing with your careers and you want to know what's going on and you have questions, send them in to wb at uk or visit wbpodcast.com and select ask a question. If you like how this podcast is made and you think you can do what I do, then reach out to the Shoutout Network and visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk to find out more about membership options. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at wannabepodcast. And if you are enjoying this episode and any of the past episodes, please do leave a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate getting those to get extended show notes listing the tools and all the resources that we've talked about in this episode and past episodes visit wannabepodcast.com because all the show notes are updated on Wednesdays thank you for listening bye
1: I'm John Prado, The Economist's US editor, and I'm the host of a new podcast about the 2020 elections and the road to power in America. We'll take you through the ideas and the social changes that are shaping politics in what promises to be an exceptional election year. That's Checks and Balance for the global view on democracy in America. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or your podcast app.